It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you do get your podcast from. And I hope your weekend is going well. Another half of our weekend still to unfold. So if you're chasing property on this Sunday morning, the 30th of July, good luck. And coming up this morning, we have seven days of real estate because once again, it was another busy week. And we kicked it off last Monday when we caught up with Asti Mariasmo, the economist, about the possibility reset with the RBA and what that might look like. And should you fix or go variable with your mortgage? We talk about that. Also, during the week, we had Catherine Skinner here from Adelaide to talk about why is Adelaide such a busy city for first-home buyers? And why does it still represent great buying for investors and those looking to make Adelaide home? And also we spoke about this global ranking report for the best city's waterfront property prices with Erin Van Tool. And no surprise to Erin that Sydney came out as the number one city. So we'll talk about that. And Anthony Landau, the Managing Director of Equilibria Finance, he is talking about homeowners and property investors who he feels are a little bit under siege and we also talk about another rate rise possible on Tuesday. So that is all coming up with your seven days of real estate and if you're celebrating your birthday for today for Sunday July the 30th, hey happy birthday, many happy returns. You are sharing it with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is turning 74 today. Christopher Nolan, the film director that's got the new movie out, Oppenheimer, he's turning 51. Lisa Kudrow, you might remember her from Friends. She is turning 58. And Hilary Swank from that fantastic Clint Eastwood movie, Million Dollar Baby, she is turning 47. We dive deep into topics like buying, selling, investing and maximising your property's value. From mortgage advice to the latest property data and trending numbers, your real estate journey starts here. It's the main centre forecast. And let's check it. The all-important weather word on our Sunday. And Sydney, one word, sunshine, 24. Melbourne starts off dry, but expect one or two showers and 18 degrees. In Brisbane, glorious sunshine today. Enjoy your Sunday if you're on the Gold Coast, 25. And Perth expecting cloudy skies with a couple of showers and your high. 19 degrees. Unlock the secrets of real estate and stay informed about the latest real estate buzz with hot market trends, emerging suburbs and hidden gems. So the latest cash rate reading for us was 4.1%, which we know have been held steady. It is on the lower end of the market or the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to cash rates. Um, there is some chatter about you know, whether or not we've raised it high enough, 
But at the same time, it is also proportionate to our headline CPI. But to be honest with you, if we compare it with the CPI, a higher cash rate, as you can see in New Zealand and UK, which is at 5 and 5.5, does not guarantee a lower CPI either. So, you know, there's always that balance between the CPI and the cash rate. And the Australian borrowers on variable rates, now they make up roughly 70% compared to much lower percentages in other countries. And just on terms of that fixed term rate in America, boy, it's just a different landscape in the US. I wonder just in terms of people's attitude when it comes to fixed rates, whether there'll be more of a appetite for fixing for longer periods. Obviously, you can't fix like in America for 30 years across the entire term of the of the mortgage, which is just fantastic. You know, you never have to worry about this sort of stuff. It is very much so that set and forget, isn't it? Like, you know, for the next 30 years kind of thing. And you're absolutely correct. Approximately about 70% of Australian mortgage holders are on variable rates. At the moment, because of the month by month changes that we are seeing in the cash rate, especially it going up, there is going to be more of that appetite. However, there are also a lot of borrowers who would think I could have missed out on those savings. We're a lot more than just real estate. Available for breakfast from 6am, then on the drive to work or in your ear at the gym. In fact, wherever you go, we're available seven days a week, only on the Real Estate Podcast. In terms of the numbers looking for their first home, it's I feel as though it's been pretty consistent. No huge upswings or downturns in terms of those numbers. However, over the past two years, there had been huge activity in that home bias, first home buyer space. Although so many of them are still chasing that dream. Now, they've not actually managed to make that purchase still, and that is because they have had to be cautious, whereas other buyers who not making their first home purchase have had a little bit more flexibility to move with the market without having to adjust what they're looking for, whereas your first home buyers have always somewhat had more of a stricter budget to work with and less room for that movement. So currently we're still seeing first home buyers who were looking pre-COVID still chasing that first home. Prices have changed, lending capacity has changed, but thankfully here the South Australian government has announced a first home buyer support package, which will include some discounts and stamp duty for some people, along with very low deposit home loan options to get people into the market. Yeah, it's quite interesting that you say that you're still dealing with people who were wanting to buy pre-COVID because we used to say that like, you know, a year, a year and a half ago, but it's sort of some time ago now and we kind of forget that. So it is a long time for a first home buyer continually trying to get into the market and keeping with that theme, what is the typical first home buyer budget in Adelaide and has that changed, which I guess it has over the last two years. Yeah, it definitely has. It's had to change. So look, if we're rewinding two to three years, most of us home buyers that we were seeing were sitting with a budget of between three hundred and five hundred thousand. And what you could get for that kind of money was a traditional three bedroom home on a decent block in a comfortable location. Whereas now it's can change significantly. So most first home buyers that we see they need to have between 650 to 850 in their budget. And a lot of them are leaning on guarantor loans and assistance from family to allow them to increase that budget without having to increase deposit size. 
And just in terms, Catherine, of the properties, let's look at that, the different types of homes that you are seeing first home buyers wanting to get into. So the typical first home buyer home hasn't changed in terms of what they're they're hoping to achieve with that first property purchase. Typically here in Adelaide, every first home buyer wants to get a three bedroom home with a small enough yard that is usable but low maintenance. Now, obviously the prices have changed significantly and for those whose budgets haven't been able to keep up with the pace of capital growth, they've had to revert back to the units. So units historically here in Adelaide haven't seen a huge amount of activity, they've taken longer to sell and they've been quite stagnant in their prices. That, however, is changing. People are becoming more open to a compact style of living, whether that be a smaller modern build or a a homet or villa style unit. Um, The acceptance for that compact living for first home by young couples is widely becoming the norm. Every morning from 6am, we bring you the latest real estate news with diverse perspectives from leading industry experts. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. Morning, Craig. How are you going? I'm going well. What sort of uh, property tip have you got for us today? Alrighty. So we're talking auctions and we're saying we're in a scenario where you've got interest in a property and it's about to pass in. Um, we've noticed so many buyers feeling like if they let a property pass in that they've got the ability to wrangle that price down after the auction. But little do most people realise that there's multiple groups in the crowd waiting for the same opportunity. So don't wait for the auction after the auction, which is happening so much. Make sure you're the highest bidder. Don't let it pass into nobody because it's very likely you'll get into a bidding war after the auction and it's much easier to sort it out on the street. And I just want to pick up on the Roy Morgan research that's telling us that more than 1.4 million borrowers are at risk of mortgage stress, the highest level since May of 2008. The rise in mortgage stress may increase, they say, dramatically if unemployment also rises. And there is some particular concern soon about the increase in households extremely at risk, which is now estimated, and this is not a small number of households, they put it at 943,000 households. That is from June of this year. Now, that is the highest since September of 2011, and despite the increase in mortgage stress, arrears and defaults have not surged yet, but the outer suburbs of major cities where many first-home buyers are concentrated are experiencing higher levels of mortgage arrears as we speak, and the arrears are expected to rise further as more borrowers transition, which is happening right now, from cheap fixed loans to those higher variable rates. And of course, we are not too far away. Next week, we're going to find out what happens to that cash rate. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Tell us a little bit more about this report, Erin, because I understand Auckland comes out in number two position. 
It does. So our 2023 Waterfront Homes report looks at eight global cities. What we've seen is that, yes, Sydney has come in on top with an 118% premium for a property that is directly on the water and direct waterfront views. Beachfront homes certainly saw globally the biggest uplift. That is still in response to people looking for a sea change post-COVID. Now, you mentioned Sydney. Sydney comes out in the number one position, Auckland number two, and you have done eight global markets. So what are the others? Sure. So we looked at Monaco, Cap d'Antibes, Paris, Geneva, Vienna and Hong Kong. And what about global warming and the effects and the predictions about losing foreshore and what that means for future beachfront properties? Is, does that actually come up in your, your report? Is there any sort of indication whereby people are just backing off a little bit from some of those beachfront properties? certainly can't see evidence of that happening in the numbers that we have. And when we look at, I think you mentioned earlier, when we look at the uplift from last year to this year, it was 118% this year, but it was 121% last year. So, but a very small decline. And I'm not sure that we could put that down to, to any particular reason. So we're certainly not seeing demand decrease on the back of environmental issues. We're probably on the back of lifestyle issues, seeing the demand increase in that people want that better quality of life, living by water, good for the soul, good for the mind, something you know beautiful to look at, I think is, is seems to be what's what's important to purchasers at the moment. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. And Anthony, simply put, how did you find the financial 2023 year ending up? Yeah, g'day, Craig. Fantastic to be here again, mate. And I think it's a good opportunity to reflect. And I think for a lot of households, uh, small businesses, uh, the economy in general, it, it really was a challenging year. And we end up with a little bit of a potpourri, I guess, of economic data. We've got a very, very tight employment market um, in the low threes. We've got a cash rate that's risen 12 times since May 2022. It's risen to 4.1%, so it's risen 4%. We've got an inflation that is still a little bit higher than what we'd like. It peaked at 7.8% in December. It's down to 7% at the end of the March quarter. We had uh, the inflationary data out yesterday for early 24, 6%, still above, well above RBA's target. And we've got a housing market that's growing again. So it's really a mixed data set a challenging 12 months we can all put behind us now. Yes, let's put it behind us. So let's uh, look at the economic outlook for the first six months of the financial year as we start to head, dare I say, towards the end of 2023 because August is nearly here. August is nearly here. We're moving into the new financial year. And I think the last 12 months has very much been shaped by monetary policy and inflation, and they're by their very nature tied together. And I think, to be honest, this next six months of the the new financial year are similarly going to be very much shaped by what's happening with inflation. Are we getting on top of inflation? And what else are we going to see from a monetary policy perspective? Some of the monetary policy is still to flow through. I, I read some interesting data that about 75 basis points of the hikes that the RBA have delivered are yet to flow through to mortgage repayments. 
People still have redraw. People still have savings buffers. We're coming into the new financial year with with inflation still do, uh, uh, twice as much as as the RBA's target, even though consumption is starting to slow. So I think the next six months, there's a little bit more pain ahead. I think there's going to be a cautionary tale for households facing a lot of cost of living pressures. And small business sentiment has just started to turn where their sentiment's starting to lag a little bit. Some of these slowing on consumption is starting to flow through to small business and decisions they're making. We might start seeing unemployment rise as well from these really tight employment markets. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. And that wraps up our seven days of real estate. So whatever you're up to today, enjoy your Sunday and we'll catch you back tomorrow morning bright and early from 6am. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 